0: Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Freese, and you are listening to What the Fuck, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage, people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski.
1: How are you doing, Pastor Joel? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having... Well, no. Thank you for <laughs> being my podcast buddy. I'm not... Yeah. A- I'm not on your show. This is our show. This is our show. Yeah. I,
0: I just I just kick it off, man. Yep. And I, I just want to give you the floor to bring some godly thinking to us.
1: Mm, all right.
0: Okay. I'll do what I can. <laughs> Please. Because today's topic is, in fact, godly thinking.
1: Great. What an intro. Man, that was smooth. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, Oh, yep. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, dude. So what's some, can you give us some
0: background on this topic?
1: I'd love to. So we have covered a lot of different types of thinking over this season here. What? So, so I'm going to give a little bit of the same background that we have heard already. Everything a person does in word and in deed happens through a thought process so god created our brains to work in four different ways or according to four different thought processes and the bible reflects these different thought processes from beginning to end and i've used john 113 as a reference one verse that represents all four thought processes it says which were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God. So for simplicity, what we've done is refer to them as the destructive thinking, blood, the animal thinking, flesh, the human thinking, man, and now godly thinking, God. Uh, if you need to watch or re-listen, I should say, to the destructive thinking animal thinking and human thinking please do so we've already covered those episodes those topics and this one we're going to be really getting deep into what godly thinking is so we'll be asking and answering the questions how does god work through us what does his influence come in as it relates to our bodies and how does this all work how do we hear from him and what's he sound like all that all that great stuff that's what this episode will cover
0: oh this is this is very interesting yeah how have people been hurt by this topic in the church that's why we're here pastor joel
1: yeah how have people been hurt by godly thinking (laughs) right
0: it seems like everyone would be helped by this
1: you're right and they are when it's handled the right way. That's the issue. Uh-huh. Right? The big conflicts uh-huh. are when it's not handled the right way or when it's misunderstood. Because ultimately, Christians largely don't understand how God speaks to us, how to intentionally hear from him mm. or how to intentionally let him flow in and through their lives.
0: So that's like me basically saying to someone, I want to hear from God right now. Help me hear from him right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: And, and how many Christians would be able to answer that in a way that's actually helpful?
0: Have
1: faith, pray. I right? don't know. Have yep. faith, pray. Those are yep. answers we get. Read your Bible. So a lot of this actually goes back to the church damage surrounding God's nature and grace. Two major topics from season two and the big issue is how do we know if what we think we are hearing from god is from god or ourselves how do we resolve those two different influences so that's the really the big conflict in the church
0: now I really like this podcast. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is great, isn't it?
0: Oh, we're going down a cool road here. Yeah. Okay, so when this conflict hits the church, what is it what does it look like?
1: Just like any other conflict we've covered, there's yeah. a strict side and there's a loose side. The strict side, a lot of times people will say, "How does how does God speak? What does he sound like? How do I know if if I'm hearing from God?" It's the Bible. God speaks to us and through us with the scriptures. That's how God speaks to me. When I read the Bible, it's his word. It's his voice, him speaking to me. The issue here is what, well, I mean, we believe God speaks to us through the Bible as well.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: when it's limited to only the scriptures, that's where it can be on the strict side and it can start causing some damage. Got it. Another another way the strict side works is when a person thinks that when something immediately makes sense or is immediately logical, then it must be from God. So this idea of something immediately making sense, proving it must be God, it's a fact, it is reality, it must be from God, That idea combined with a focus on making sure that a person exerts effort to do what the Bible says leads to people focusing on effects or focusing on these lists of things, this legalistic idea of do this, do this, do this, this behavior, this behavior, this behavior. Mm -hmm. It leads to people not hearing from God at all. Wow. Wow. So we do, this is like the the epitome of looking at the Bible and requiring people to do the what's or what the Bible says in an effort to convince them that this is what God wants them to do. Uh, We've seen there's different dimensions of the Bible and we'll get into that more in this episode but we we have recognized over many many episodes now in this podcast that what the bible says can be applied in many different ways based on how the how and why of that what so this is the strict side is really this combination of limiting a person to what the bible says and limiting a to a person to something that immediately makes sense
0: so I read my Bible, I pray, I go to church. I don't do these list of things and I do them and I do them and I do them in an effort to hear from God, but it can get in the way of that.
1: Absolutely. Ooh! Cause now I'm, li- what I'm doing is it's like, so I'm limiting, I'm limiting myself to, so God never speaks words that weren't written down in the King James version of the Bible and i'm limiting myself to if things need to immediately make sense what about the times when so you're saying you always immediately understand what god's telling you mm. which now we're getting into the next part but <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yeah. chopping at the bit here oh, but yeah, yeah. the strict side is really it's limited to the bible and it's limited to something immediately making sense
0: How do these people on the strict side support their perspective with the Bible? Can they, Pastor Joel?
1: Yes, they can, because they can point to Jesus and Paul, often referencing the Old Testament as examples of God speaking through those people, Mm -hmm. and then they can limit anyone from saying anything not in the scriptures by using a verse like this. Revelation twenty two eighteen 18 says, For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. I believe that's factual, but people will take that verse from Revelation and apply it to all the books of the Bible. And because a man has organized The order of these books in the Bible we have today, Mm -hmm. we say this is the last chapter of the last book of the Bible. It must apply to the entire book. So that's how I could take that verse. If you add anything, you'll be cursed. All the plagues that are written in this book will be added unto you. And really, now, here's getting into the part I got chompy about here a minute ago. Yeah, bring it. The issue, this limits the way God speaks to each of us uniquely. Hmm. God does speak to us. He, He has a certain way he talks that we can understand and that we can grow in our ability to determine when it's him versus us or some other influence. But what he says to me is different than what he's going to say to you is different than what he's going to say to everybody. So when we limit God to only speaking the words of scripture and to always having to make sense immediately upon us hearing these words, we limit the way he speaks to us. And it puts the emphasis emphasis on what the Bible says, not on what it means mm. and definitely not on the truth. That is underlying the scriptures.
0: That's kind of like what you were doing with the revelation passage. What does it mean to add to that? And what does it mean to add to that book? You're going like, let's, let's get a little bit more specific about what it means before we say, if we add words, it's a sin. Because honestly, I've seen a lot of Bibles with italicized words that are yeah. added. Yeah,
1: that's a good point.
0: To make sense to it. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm getting chompy. Yeah. <laughs> how, how would you handle an interaction with someone who held this perspective?
1: Well, I'd start with this verse. Deuteronomy 8.3 says, Man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word That comes from the mouth of the Lord. So, I mean, right there. It is expressing a verse of God speaking to people, to man, to humans. It doesn't say man lives by every word that was written down that God said thousands of years ago.
0: Oh, dang. That's good.
1: So. Some questions I could ask a person if I was having a discussion with them over this topic, especially if a person was coming after me with this strict side perspective. I could ask, is God limited to what the Bible says? Is God limited to how he speaks to and through people? And here's one that I've learned through even just the the preparation of this podcast. Here's a... Here's a whopper for you, Pastor Jonathan. I'll bring it. How would you handle a person who says God is talking to them from a tree?
2: Hmm.
0: How how would I handle it? Do you want me to? Okay, I'll just wait.
1: (laughs) Just, yeah, just we're we're pausing for effect here. (laughs) That's an interesting question that That I'll, I'll say this. My first instinct is to be like that. Doesn't sound right.
0: Mm-mm, that's kind of weird.
1: It is weird. So a follow-up question for you. Instead of a tree, does it need to be a burning bush? Hmm. Like with Moses? So would these same people coming after me from the strict side saying, God's limited to the words of the Bible. Everything God says immediately makes sense. He's not going to speak to you any different than he's going to speak to me. Would these same people have rejected Moses's claim for how he heard from God? Because honestly, God talking to a person from a tree sounds more logical than a burning bush. I see a lot of trees around. I don't see many burning bushes. <laughs> wow. But the point is, is like, let's, Okay let's try not to limit God to just the words that are written down in this book. And let's especially try not to limit God and how he is going to uniquely talk things to you differently than he's going to do me. We all hear from God. It's the same God that we're Mm -hmm. trying to hear from, but he's going to be saying things differently and in a different way to me and you than he is to anybody else.
0: Oh man. I'm just, I was just thinking about the example with, with manna. You know, manna literally means, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> so when manna happens, everyone goes, what is it? Hey, let's call it that. Yeah. What is it? It's like a whatchamacallit bar, right? What, <laughs> so what Whatchamacallit like, that? Yeah, whatchamacallit? Oh, let's call it, it. whatchamacallit. Right. What is that?
1: Oh, you know, there's another example in the Bible too that I'm thinking of is when God spoke through a donkey. Oh, dang. That's even more weird, right? How would you handle a person who said God was talking to them through their their pet? (laughs) I'd think that person's insane. And then you know what I would do? I'd be limiting a way that God has and could speak to me. I'm not saying you should be (laughs) going to your animals and trying to hear from God. But I'm saying when somebody says they're hearing from God in an area, let's not limit... The uniqueness of what that person is saying. Because it we we got to be careful that we're not limiting God. That's the point. We don't want to limit God in this way. Great.
0: The summary of the strict perspective, then, is that godly thinking is limited to words in the Bible. What's the proof? What's the measure that it's godly thinking? Is the strict side says it's limited to words in the Bible? To what the Bible says, and it needs to immediately make sense. This is the strict perspectives proof of godly thinking.
1: Yeah. Yes. All right.
0: Well, on that note, this is very exciting. Great. Yes, it is. Great time. Let's take a call from beep boop beep boop beep. McMillan, Alabama. It's right. Pastor Richard Tater. Go ahead, Pastor Tater. You are on the line.
2: Hello, Pastor Joe, Pastor Jonathan. This is the Pastor Richard Tater calling from McMillan, Alabama. How y'all doing? You know, I have have somewhat to say upon the matter of godly thinking. Now, there is nothing more important nor confusing than being able to determine if you or another person is hearing from God. I mean, think about that. In the time since I got kicked, Uh, Yeah, since the time I got removed from my church in Texas, I have learned the inability to discern godly wisdom is what leads to spiritual abuse.
0: Yeah, Uh, spiritual abuse is absolutely the worst, Pastor Tater. When people get burned by this, they completely can lose their desire to ever step into another church. The church that I pastor, Music of Life Church Appleton, is actually focused on helping people that we call burn victims, people who've experienced this burning. And we've actually seen them begin the process of being able to step into church. So we actually meet in a coffee shop.
2: Well, maybe I'm too stupid or too stubborn because I got scorched. And I immediately planted this church in Alabama.
1: You were scorched? What happened?
2: Well, the other associate pastor told all the members of our church that God told him that I needed to be uh, removed.
1: Did he give you a reason?
2: No, but whenever anyone tried to defend me, he brought up how he brought up how Dickie how Dickie had stopped coming to church and, and left home. He said if I couldn't rule my own house, I uh, I shouldn't be ruling in God's house neither.
0: Yeah, that is spiritual abuse um what did the senior pastor say
2: he did not want to look wrong pastor jonathan so he backed the associate who eventually became the senior pastor uh yeah this was my favorite podcast
0: uh hello pastor tater no man looks like he's gone yeah um Pastor Tater, we know that you're listening. We just want to let you know that we, we, we are here for you. We care for you. We love you. Um, thank you so much for calling. Uh, I just appreciate every time you call and you take a risk. Um, so thank you. I sincerely wish, Pastor Joel, that that was the only time I've heard of people being abused by someone claiming to be hearing from God, but sadly it isn't. It's one of the reasons I've actually felt called to reach the people who used to go to church that no longer go.
1: Yeah. And yeah, we're, we're here for you, pastor. Thanks. Thanks for calling. Thanks for sharing, opening up your heart. And I, I agree with the pastor Jonathan. You know, there's, unfortunately, this is happening so often that there needs to be a church that serves these people who've been mm-hmm. so hurt that it, they don't want to go to church anymore. Yeah. So there are people out there who still want to walk with God, but who have been so hurt by church, they don't want to step into a church anymore.
2: Right.
1: What do we do with those people? Well, God's calling up leaders like you, Pastor Jonathan, to help them.
2: mm
1: it sounds like in Pastor Tater's story that the senior pastor had a measure for whether the associate pastor heard from God, and that measure was focused on his associate not being wrong, Hmm. and that is the worst measure for whether something is from God or not. Basically, it's this. If it makes me wrong, then it can't be God. Oh, and that's what the measure. It sounds like the senior pastor, Pastor Tater, dealt with was his measure for whether he was hearing from God and whether other people were, as if it made him wrong or not. And it's really so. We're we're one. That's why it's spiritual boost, abuse because we're we're limiting how God can speak, and we are really making ourselves God because. It's this effort to prevent ever being and definitely appearing wrong.
0: Oh, it's absolutely brutal. Yeah, it is. You know, the thing is, when people come and step into to Music of Life Church Appleton, we're trying to help them heal. They come in as burn victims, but they don't stay a victim. That's what, you know, I, I... when people come in, it's not like you have this label of a burn victim and you stay that way forever. No, It's like we help people discover who they are and who God's made them to be. And a lot of that process begins with establishing the different things that we've talked about in the previous episodes. Right, right. Where, you know, God's nature and humility are two very big aspects that help people heal. Yes. Because we don't need to sit there and you know, talking about God's nature and him always being right. That's his nature, not yeah, ours. It
1: is. It is. <laughs>
0: so I don't need to. So the only way that I can ever, uh, always be right is to try to prevent being wrong.
1: Right. Right.
0: But that's eventually going to happen. So anyway, it is. it is. Oh, my heart for pastor Tater. Well, yeah. Let's keep going, Pastor Joel. I want, to hear, I want to hear the other side of the argument. We covered the strict. Let's hear the loose side.
1: Right. The loose side is represented by, well, here's a verse for you. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Again, we're not refuting what that verse says. Mm-hmm. But this is a verse that's often used on this loose side of this, of this topic and and the way it goes is this we're children of god he's given us the mind of christ we have godly thinking or a godly thought process because he gave us one since i have the mind of christ i know when i'm hearing from god or not i just know it and if this is my belief what this really means is that I'm going by how I feel. My measure for whether or not I'm hearing from God is based on how I feel.
0: Oh, nice. So that is so that is helping me understand when people say they know it. You know it in your knower. In your knower. Or you feel it in your feeler. How do you know? Well, you know that you know that you know. I know that I know that I know. And really what you're saying is that's a feeling.
1: It feels right.
0: Ooh. Have people been hurt by that perspective?
1: Yes, they have. So a couple things here. First, this perspective assumes that God would never speak anything that makes us feel anything but good. Ooh. So how would God correct these people? Do these people think that they're perfect and they don't need correction? Because this really results in pride. Mm -hmm. So people are being hurt because they're not in a godly thought process, but they think they are. Which even results in these people attributing their bad or destructive thinking to God. And another way people are being hurt is people aren't taking responsibility for the sin in their life. Mm -hmm. I have the mind of Christ. We've seen this a lot on the loose side in previous episodes. It's this idea that I've been given God's righteousness. It is being unilaterally imputed upon and in me.
2: Mm.
1: So God's responsible to remove this for me, the sin in my life. God will remove it. I have the mind of Christ. So that's really this first big issue. All of what I just said is this first thing that it's assuming God would never speak anything that makes us feel anything but good. Now take all of that, and it leads to the second major way people have been hurt. Taking this belief, this flawed interpretation and application of having the mind of Christ and deceiving other people with that perspective. It's enough for me to be wrong in having this belief myself, it's a whole other issue of hurting when I'm teaching other people the same information. You have the mind of Christ. Don't worry about it. You have the mind of Christ. God is love. He wouldn't do anything to hurt you. That's how people are being hurt.
0: Mm. So that's the examples of um, deception that, that are occurring. Right. So someone's saying, God would never make you feel bad. You're completely fine.
1: So and
0: teaching that to other people.
1: Teaching that to other people is that whole other level. Yeah.
0: Oh, got it. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. How would you handle an interaction with someone that had that perspective?
1: Well, I could ask them, are you perfect? Mm -hmm. Are you always in a godly thought process? And I mean, if they say yes, then I would just walk away. I mean, there's no point in continuing the conversation. God and the Holy Spirit is going to squeeze them at that point. If they say, no, I'm not always in a godly thought process, I could ask, well, how does God correct you? Mm -hmm. What if someone else feels like what you believe isn't from God? Is that enough to change your mind about that thing? Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end results in death. So another way I could say that verse is there's a way that feels right to a man, but the end results in death. So yeah, our feeling, and, and I'm not saying feelings aren't important. They are. Feelings motivate us. Feelings drive us. Everything we're doing is really an effort to try to get us to be happy. There's a right way to go about that, though. And feelings aren't objective. That's the problem here is we use feelings as a measure of whether or not we're hearing from God. We deceive ourselves and others. Wow.
0: So when this issue hits the church, Pastor Joel the issue of godly thinking, and it impacts and it creates this loose side, this strict side. What are your thoughts about it related to the church?
1: My thoughts get categorized in three different ways. There's the people I feel sorry for. These are people who think they are in a godly thought process or practicing godly thinking because of how they feel, but they're actually in pride which really means that they're thinking they're God. Remember, it's this idea of trying to always be right, but we know that's God's nature. That's not my nature. Nice, yeah. And this is causing damage, not only in themselves, but it's also putting stumbling blocks in the path of other believers. And that's what we talked about with the loose side, right? It's these are people who not only have this flawed belief themselves, but are deceiving others into it as well. Then there's the category of people that I see And understand why they're doing what they're doing. These are people who a lot of times will leave the church because they know that the way they have been taught has not led to them hearing from God. Mm -hmm. And they know this is an ability the church ought to be able to give them. Yet, not only do they not have the ability to hear from God, in many cases, they've become more confused over time. Due to what they have been taught in their churches. Then there's the category of people that I'm impressed with. These are people who actively try to hear from God. And know they need to understand their Bible better. So they can determine if what they heard is actually from God or from some other source.
0: So you're not discounting. You're not discounting what the Bible says. You're just, you're talking about this third category of people who understand are trying to understand the Bible better, right? So they can determine what they heard from God or what is, or what isn't from God. Correct. Okay. Pastor Joel, then what's the ultimate
1: answer? The ultimate answer is godly thinking is grace, (gasps) right so please check out the grace episode from season two
2: Hmm.
1: little overview god speaks into the conscious brain of christians by his spirit so god's influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life that's what grace is that influence comes into our conscious brain And it's our decision to allow that influence to be reflected in our lives. So it's God's righteousness through me. It's God's thoughts coming to fruition through my life. That's why it's godly thinking. Mm. Again, listen to the grace episode if you need to. But one of the points we really, really hammer is that God gets the credit because it's him through me. The works I do that are reflected in my life prove that I'm living by grace, but those works are not me. The works are God because God is the cause of the influence. Nice. But that decision I make to allow that influence to be reflected in my life is what leads to God's righteousness through me, which leads to salvation. So I'm going to go through a couple other things. We want to take take this episode really carefully because there's some really important things we can uncover here that are going to help people understand godly thinking in a way they may have never heard before. Awesome. In particular, the first thing I want to do is unpack what it means to have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2, verse 5 says, Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So here you go. Paul's going to teach us what the mind of Christ is. He encouraged us to conform ourselves to the same mind that was in Christ. And then he specifically explains what this perspective from Christ is. Verse six says, who existing in the form of God counted not the being on an equality with God, a thing to be grasped. Okay, so first, Jesus is fully God. (laughs) Jesus's nature is right and just, the same as God the Father's is. He was the one man who ever lived that was God in the flesh. And he also did not see being equal with God the Father as something he would do as a cause.
0: So that's the whole grasping thing where it's like right. I'm not even going to entertain this. I'm not going to act according to this. I am letting all right. oh, of
1: that. And, and what I love this because it's it's this idea of Jesus is the only, the only man whoever lived, whose nature was right and just. And even him put that nature aside in order to not equal himself to God the Father, who Mm -hmm. was also right and just. So a huge point. Jesus did not act directly in his God nature while he was on earth. How did he act? Verse seven. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant being made in the likeness of men. So here we see that Jesus was fully man. Man has a free will. That's what separate one of the ways we're separate from God. Mm-hmm. That means man has the ability to act apart from his nature. I don't have to let my flesh rule and reign. I can choose to put that aside, to die daily like Paul would teach and to allow God's nature to work through me. Again, godly thinking is grace, right? Mm -hmm. God the Father is right and just. God can't act apart from his nature. Again, if you need to listen to the God's nature series, please do. That simply means everything God does is guided by righteousness and justice he doesn't have another nature to act according to it's only right and just
0: he's all light and in him there is no darkness
1: right but he still has choice so that's where free will doesn't mean choice it means the ability to act apart from your nature god still has choice but all the choices are within his nature we kind of gave examples of that with the omnis right He's all powerful when it's right and just. He's right. everywhere it's right and just for him to be. Right. He knows everything it's right and just for him to know. Right. He makes all those choices within this righteousness and justice nature. Jesus, while he was on earth, could act apart from his God nature, his righteousness and justice within him. And he did do this by emptying himself by becoming a servant and by allowing all of his words and deeds to be from the father. Jesus professed this himself as well. He's talked. He talked about how everything he did and said was came directly from what he was taught by the father. Paul's just breaking what that breaking that down a little bit more specifically and what that looks like and how we can do the same thing. Christ did.
0: So the emptying. So the emptying is, is the will Is the will of Jesus. And what he would have done in his will is do right and just things. Right. But even those right and just things that he would want to do, he emptied himself. He poured it out. He goes, I'm not going to do that. And opened himself up to God the Father, directing his will and all of his actions.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, you know, maybe it would sound like Jesus saying, is there another way I can do this father, but your will be done, not mine.
0: Uh, uh-huh. right. That's like, we get a We get like a, a, a dive into what that process looked a, like.
1: A glimpse of Jesus emptying himself right there. Right. Oh, cool. So really what this is, this emptying ourselves is us getting out of God's way. Mm. One of the things you and I love to share about God is how, In the Holy Spirit, Jesus, is that the Holy Spirit wants to flow through you 100% of the time at 100% capacity. Amen. The issue is how much are you getting in the way of that? (laughs) All. That's the issue. Our responsibility is to get out of God's way. Yeah. The mind of Christ means that I empty myself and allow God's spirit to flow with free course. And really the best version of a person is the one where God is flowing through their uniqueness, because it's going to look different. Righteousness and justice flowing through your unique being is different. It's going to look different than righteousness and justice flowing through mine. Mm -hmm. Again, why we need to be careful judging people according to what it sounds like when they say they're hearing from God
2: nice
1: another thing i want to cover here we'll break down this knowledge understanding and wisdom a little bit to help us understand godly thinking we're going to go back to solomon in his early days as king first kings three solomon is asking god for something god says ask me for something this is solomon's response Give thy servant, therefore, an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this thy great people? So Solomon asked for an understanding heart to judge God's people as he should as a king, right? Mm-hmm. And this speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. That was verse 10. God was impressed with Solomon's request. He could yes. have asked for a lot of other things. Yeah. Solomon asked for something that was pretty amazing. And due to that, this was God's response in verses 11 through 14. God said unto him, because thou, had, thou hast asked this thing and has not asked for thyself long life, neither has asked riches for thyself, nor has asked the life of thine enemies, but has asked for thyself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your word. Though I have given you a wise and an understanding heart so that there hath been none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall arise any like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways, to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. Hmm. So let's unpack this a little bit here. Great. God gave Solomon an understanding and wise heart, and he also gave him riches and honor. And if Solomon walked in his, in God's ways, God would also lengthen his days. This story was also presented in Second Chronicles 1. In that account, Solomon asked for wisdom and knowledge. So the word for knowledge was the Hebrew word Mada. M-A-D-D-A, Mada. At least that's the English spelling of that Hebrew word. Mm -hmm. That word meant understanding and intelligence to separate mentally or distinguish. This was an ability that was also given to Daniel. This was the meta ability to understand the ability to think. Not merely, not merely having the ability to think, but the ability to understand thought process, his own and other people. So Solomon was given an ability to understand the way we think. Mm. This, this helped a lot with Solomon's ability to hear from God to practice godly thinking. Because if we break down what happens here be, by knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, it's the same thing with the what, the why, and the how that we've been covering this, this season over the three dimensions of scripture. There's what the Bible says, that's knowledge. There's the why, the specific meaning in the context of whatever you're reading, that's understanding. And then there's the true principles, the things that are true regardless of the context that underlie the scriptures, regardless of what I'm reading, regardless of the specific meaning in that context. That That's wisdom. Wisdom is in line with godly thinking. And we saw Solomon had that. Mm-hmm. And one of the great, Examples of this is the story of Solomon dealing with whose baby it is between the two women. Now, human wisdom, or just understanding, is something that immediately makes sense. Very immediately logical. Godly wisdom begins with a step that doesn't make sense. But then, after a time... It makes all the sense. We talk about this response of what? Question mark, question mark, question mark. What? What are you doing? What did you say? That doesn't make sense. And then you hear it. You understand it. And then you respond with, oh, like now I get it. Mm -hmm. The what? Oh, response. So for instance, Solomon says, cut the baby in two. Huh? Mm -hmm. What? Are you crazy? But then we find out who the real mother is. The issue is dissolved. And now we're like, oh, that was brilliant. Mm -hmm. And what is our response? This man hears from God.
0: Let's tell everyone about it. Yeah,
1: (laughs) He has God's wisdom. Yeah. Now, where does this influence come in and through us? This is going to be another quick, deep dive into the way our brains work. And how God's influence, his grace, his divine influence, where does it enter us? Hebrews 8.10 says this, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind, and on their heart also will I write them. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. The Greek word for mind in this verse was a Greek word pronounced dianoia. It was composed of two Greek words that meant the channel through which the mind or soul operates. That is the conscious brain. Now, the reason the word brain isn't in there is because that word is a relatively new word and it was created more than a thousand years after the New Testament was written. So the laws being written on the heart would be as an effect of the person intentionally choosing to allow this influence in the conscious brain to come out in their actions. So this is what was promised to us Christians. Instead of having to manage the effects of the law, we can have the cause of the law inside of us. And when we let it out according to our uniqueness, it can look different for me than it does for you. But it won't contradict the why behind God's written word. We're going to talk a lot about this more in the next episode. But really, one thing I want to leave you with is our conscious brain, where God's influence reaches us, is run by words. Nice. That's what God's influence speaks into. That's where we make the decision to allow it to reflect in our life. That's where we make the decision of, is the influence I'm hearing from God or from me or from some other source? And it's all based in words.
0: Nice. So that conscious brain, the conscious brain is the word center in our brain.
1: The word center. Yes.
0: So that's where we think, because we think, we think in words. Yes. Right. So I'm sitting there thinking, I'm thinking in words. And so my spirit connected to the Holy spirit is what God speaks into that word center in my brain. Yeah. Okay. And then, so just to kind of like summarize the journey that we've been on is this is grace. Hearing from God is grace. Godly thinking is taking direction from God. Having the mind of Christ means I need to choose that influence. Yes. That inflowing, that voice. I need to be led by that influence, that voice. And what that voice is going to say to me is going to be the opposite or something completely different than what logically makes sense in the moment.
1: Yeah, man's ways are not God's ways, right? Like the burning
0: bush, like right. like manna, like Solomon cutting the baby in half, like a tree, a gigantic oak tree coming from a little
2: baby tiny <laughs> yeah,
0: acorn, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. All of the all of these things, this is all they, these are what what, what? That tree came from that? What? God speaking through a burning bush? What? Manna yeah. from heaven? What? And then oh, oh, oh and it makes sense as we go. Yes. This is this is godly thinking.
1: Yep. That is it.
0: Okay. Cool. That's great.
1: Great summary.
0: Well, thank you Pastor Joel. Thanks for teaching us. This is this has been amazing. And not only has it been amazing, this has also been what the flock. Yes. <laughs> thank you for listening
2: everyone and remember if you've been hurt by church you're not alone we're here for you